What's happening, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Monkey Mind Podcast. This is episode two featuring Malcolm Hayes of the Kansas City Mavericks in the ECHL. Malcolm played four years at the University of Maine and did a fifth year at Alaska Anchorage. His story is nothing but proving people wrong. Speaking of proving people wrong, PPW is giving everybody at Monkey Mind a little discount code on their pre-order. Get 10% off your pre-order today with the promo code MONKEYMIND. That's one word, MONKEYMIND. Just go to their website at ProvePeopleWrong.com. That's promo code MONKEYMIND at ProvePeopleWrong.com. Uh, yeah, Malx, welcome on. Um, we're excited to have you. First of all, we want to thank you for being open and vulnerable to talking about this and, um, you know, just telling your story in general. Thanks for having me, Dan and Flo. Not a problem, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll start it off. We'll start it off. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Take us through your hockey journey and, um, you know, I'm biased, like we're, you know, best buddies, but I think you have an awesome story uh, starting at a real young age. So um, tell us about it. From like the start? Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, the start. Um, so I started in Detroit when I was like six or seven or eight. I don't really know the exact age. Um, then I started playing like serious hockey for the TPH Thunder, like sixth grade, fifth grade. Um, left my house in the eighth grade to go billet in Detroit, play for Bell Tire, kind of had a wagon of a team. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> what else did I do? Um, I went to Florida after that for a year, played there, and then prep school for three years at New Hampton. Actually played flow one game. I think I went like dash two, dash three. <laughs> And then uh, after that, I went to Cushing Academy for a graduate year, then played uh, four years at the University of Maine, and then one graduate school year at um, University of Alaska Anchorage. And now I'm uh, playing in the coast for Kansas City. Started in the, uh, the spaghetti with Fayetteville. <laughs> US4. Huh? The US4. Yeah, something like it. Nice, bro. Um, yeah, so obviously we're talking about, uh, athletes and mental health and, um, what were some of the things that you struggled with growing up and some of the things that you still struggle with in regards to your mental health? Um, growing up, it was just more like that isolation feeling. Like I said, I left, I left home at a young age, you know, so eighth grade, uh, transfer schools and social media isn't as big as it is now, like back then. So I, I really didn't keep up with friends like that. So bouncing around to different schools, just kind of feeling like that lonely feeling when I was younger and like just moving around different schools and being around different people all the time. You kind of have that isolation feeling just because you may not be comfortable around a new group of guys every time you have to be around them. So that was hard. And then as I got older, like the depression and anxiety started kicking in more so when I was in college, uh, like 2014 or 15, I took a test and I was diagnosed with, um, 
ADHD and then depression, anxiety. So all three of those. Um, I mean, from there, obviously that's like tough because obviously ADHD kind of going nonstop and like, it's just kind of rumbling thoughts. And then obviously with anxiety and depression, it's the same kind of concept. So you kind of, you got blindsided by two things that force you to kind of spiral into a different state of mind. So um, maybe just touch on how you kind of handled that and what that was like and when you adjusted to um, kind of coping with that. No, definitely. Um, Like going back and forth, you know, the depression kind of saddens you and slows you down and the anxiety keeps you anxious and wanting to do stuff. And so it's tough to kind of monitor and and weave your uh, work your way around. But um, I think like now the biggest thing is just like focusing on what what causes it and how you can kind of remove yourself from that. And I think that's what I've been doing a lot during quarantine is just like a lot of self-reflection on myself and just what kind of energy I want around me, what kind of vibes I want around me at all times, just because I know what triggers my uh, depression. I know what triggers the anxiety. So I just, in some sense, have, have became sort of selfish when it comes to my mental health. Like if I don't feel like a person is is helping me with it, then I'll just remove them completely because I just feel like people struggle with this too much to have to deal with something that they don't need to deal with. Yeah. You, you talked about like being selfish um, with your mental health and all that stuff. And um, I feel like it's kind of a process to get to that point. Yeah, it definitely um, is. Yeah. Kind of talk about that process. Cause you know, you can't just be like, Oh, like, you know, screw everybody. I'm doing this shit for me. Like it's, it doesn't work like that. So kind of talk, talk to everybody and walk them through like kind of, how you get to that point where, all right, I really got to look out for myself here. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was just like kind of hitting the lows, like the lowest point of my life. Like just, I'd probably say my senior year, I was struggling in school. I didn't have the best grades. Um, I wasn't playing at all. I hadn't played a single game senior year. Um, and I just wasn't sure like what was going to happen. Like I wasn't, I hadn't been doing internships or anything. So it's like, I wasn't ready to leave school and go get a regular job. But at the same time, I wasn't playing hockey. So it's like, well, what am I going to do here? And um, kind of just getting down to that low point of like not wanting to be around anymore and things like that. Uh, def- the motivation and kind of dig myself out of that hole and try to get back to like my functioning self that was once happy and found the, the good and everything. And I mean, it's definitely a, a long road, but I can say that I've made a lot of strides from where I was and where I am now. Yeah, man. Um, we got really close throughout school and um, it's good to have support systems and stuff. And um, yeah, it's, it's tough when you get into that uh, sort of like that pit, you're just trying to climb your way out of it and you yeah. just feel like everything that you're doing is counterproductive and digging yourself into a deeper hole. And that's really, really tough. So you feel like you're fighting like a battle in quicksand. Hundred percent. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, no, I mean I can probably relate to. I mean we can all relate to it, but that was like a similar situation for me. Just um, kind of like cutting off, like going back to what Danny said about being selfish, and obviously you mentioned 
cutting people off and whatnot. But for me, it was obviously eliminating certain people, but also, um, you know, just little activities that I found that were distracting me and whatnot and just using things to cope with, um, obviously the anxiety and stuff, but is there anything that, um, that you do now that you find passion with that has kind of at first you were hesitant to doing and whatnot, like YouTube channel, blogging, stuff like that. Like obviously, um, can you talk about that for us? Definitely. Um, not a YouTube channel was kind of where I really felt like I was starting to get like, I wouldn't say better, but I was being able to get like a handle on my anxiety and depression just because when you start a YouTube channel, man, like you're really putting yourself out there. People are going to judge you and you just have so many questions that you're asking yourself. You're going back and forth with like when you do videos and stuff. So you just kind of have to get to that point where it's like, I don't really care what people think. I'm just going to, I'm going to do what I feel like makes me happy. Yeah. What, what's the name of uh, your channel? Just so people you can just check Google. it out. All right, not good. Just go on YouTube, type my name in, Malcolm Hayes, and it pops up. Um, yeah, Max, me and Flo talked about um, our experiences in college and our experiences in pro and where we felt we had the best support and the best support systems. But um, just kind of talk a little bit about your experiences in college versus pro and how they're different for you and um, kind of talk about maybe where you found your um, support systems. Was it college? Was it pro? Um, touch a little bit about that. Um, I mean, I always knew I had a strong support system. Like I always knew the, the close friends and the family that I had was always going to be there for me no matter what. So, I mean, I, I, I've known that since day one and I've always tried to pick my close friends. So uh, to the point where I don't have to question that. So, but I mean, at the end of the day, like you can have a strong support system and still not feel like yourself. So it really comes down to, you have to be your biggest, biggest advocate and you have to be your biggest fan because at the end of the day, it's, it's your mental health. It's you talking to you. So somebody could tell you a million things about how great you are, but if you don't believe it, at the end of the day, when you go lay down at bed, like when you're staring at the ceiling, just a lot of thoughts is going to be roaming. So you got to really find it in yourself to believe that you are who you think you are or who you want to be and just have that passion to reach that. You, you say you have known you've had a strong support system for, I mean, the whole time pretty much. Did you ever feel like you couldn't talk to them about something specifically or ever hesitate to kind of reach out to not so much necessarily the support system that you knew you had, but mm. just kind of anyone for that matter because obviously you feel more comfortable talking about certain things to one person rather than another. So, like, yeah. Did you have someone that, or do you have someone that you can talk to about absolutely anything or were yeah, there times where you hesitated? A few people. I mean, I always knew I could talk to anybody about anything. Like, I'll say whatever, whatever's on my mind. <laughs> but um, sometimes it's just a tough conversation to bring up, you know. So some people might feel weak bringing stuff like this up. Some people just might be uncomfortable. And then they might be uncomfortable putting somebody else in that awkward position who has to answer when you tell them something that might be pretty serious or might be pretty sad. 
So, yeah. I mean, that's where I hesitated. You know, I just didn't want to. I don't like seeing people sad around me. You know, I like to laugh and joke as much as possible. So anytime I can get somebody to laugh, you know, I'm going to try and do it. I don't really want to bring around any sadness or anything like that. So that's yeah. where the hesitation for me came in. It's like when I, when I want people to think of me, I want them to think, oh, like, oh, he's hilarious. Like he, he's always got a smile on his face. Like I love being around him because I just know it's a good vibe. That so it wasn't necessarily being afraid to talk about it because – you were embarrassed or whatnot. It was because you just wanted to make everyone feel so happy, but we're almost taking that burden of negativity and adding it to to yourself just because mm-hmm. that's what you want to portray yourself as. And I mean, I've known you for quite a bit of time, and <laughs> I'm always <laughs> laughing. So, <laughs> not too funny, you. Well, that's the thing, man. Like, I think <laughs> that's the thing, bro. I think it's like, uh, I don't know. You're obviously a jokester and we're both jokesters and stuff. And I think everybody who knows us knows that. But I think sometimes like that's the mask that gets put on sometimes. And that's the worst thing is that um, you just like you, for example, like knowing you, like, you, see, you know, you're, you're hilarious, bro. Like, the stuff you do and all that but um for those who don't know you like on the outside like they don't know you know what I mean and we've shared some stuff with each other and it's just like people don't realize that sometimes like people who are the come off as the absolute happiest and like happy-go-lucky and carefree actually do have stuff going on Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think a lot of people kind of realize that um that sometimes those are the people who struggle the most yeah which is uh which is kind of you know kind of crazy to think about but yeah i mean i don't know i want to talk ask you about kind of how being an athlete and um the pressures to perform or your expectations how that kind of affects your mental health um and how being an athlete just kind of adds an an extra layer of of stress um onto that i mean I think college athletes have it like like some of the hardest jobs that nobody ever pays attention to. Like you gotta, oh yeah, you gotta perform in the classroom. You gotta perform on the ice, and then at the same time, you're supposed to have a social life at least. At least try to. And I think a lot of people don't really notice like the the pressure that comes from having to perform in front of so many people. Especially like football, man. You go go to like a Michigan game. You play in front of a hundred thousand people. It's like how do you not have anxiety before you go out? You know. So I just feel like that gets overlooked. But at the same time, it's like, I, and in terms of talking about myself, I expect a lot of me, a lot out of me. And I feel like, like the, like my potential can reach the moon. And that's how I see myself. Like, I don't want to see myself as just complacent, just, okay, I made it this far, so I'm good. Like, just stop now. So that's where I kind of get anxiety from. Just like, am I going to, am I going to reach the goals that I want to reach or that I set for myself? and stuff like that um what was the question again uh, I, I, you answered you, pretty well. yeah you answered pretty well just about how being an athlete and uh like having you know anxiety and stuff like that how, how they go hand in hand yeah uh, you know you, you have expect expectations of yourself and um the expectations of you to perform you know from the coaching staff or in general 
Um, you got, having, you got having your expectations. You got the coach's expectations. You got fans' expectations. You got parents' expectations. Oh, and yeah. then after the game or practice, you got teacher expectations. They expect you to have that project in whenever, whenever it's due mm-hmm. with no type of excuse. Doesn't yeah. matter if you was on the road uh, traveling till four in the morning, that project better be ready to be turned in come time. Yeah. So I mean, it's a lot to handle, but at the same time, that's what you sign up for too when you become a, a college athlete and you got to know that too. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and um, it's tough because me and you witnessed it firsthand and um, how sometimes you can go weeks and months without playing. Uh, Boy, did I. <laughs> eating, eating popcorn <laughs> for two months straight. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and how that takes a toll on someone, man. Like, it takes a toll on someone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just talk a little bit about that and how there's such a mental strain from, from something like that. And, you know, for someone who's listening, who's, who's maybe in a transfer year, has to sit out a year or has yeah. experienced that or will potentially experience that. Like, talk about that experience and any words of advice you have for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really can't explain it any other way than it sucks. You know, it sucks seeing, like, your best friends, your teammates going out there, going into battle, and you're just in a suit watching. It's probably one of the most painful things I ever felt was sitting in a suit while my mom and dad were at my uh, senior senior night game. That was uh, that was pretty tough for me, just because I know how much I sacrificed and how much they sacrificed for me to get to that point, and just to not be able to at least go out there and give a performance might not be the best performance, but a performance that that one really hurt. So that kind of messed me up a little bit, but, um, that's you did just senior night. No popcorn, my boy popcorn. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? But my advice, like, I, like during that time, it was tough, but, you know, every time I showed up to to the ring, Danny could probably could probably um, vouch for me on this. You know, I still kept a smile on my face. I still was joking around with the fellas, and I was still going hard in practice. So that's what you always got to remember that there's gonna be a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, even though I wasn't playing, I always told myself like I know I can play this game at this level and at the next level. So every day coming to the ring, I just got to get better. And it might not pay off right now, but I'm sure down the line it will. And that's what you got to just you got to be mentally strong and just tell yourself that. And obviously there's going to be days where you don't want to deal with it. Just have to show up to the rink, even though you know you're not playing that weekend or that day, whatever day it is. And I mean, I'm not saying go through the motions, but I don't have any other way, way to put it. Sometimes you just got to thug it out, you know, and just get through it. And, and you go and you grow through what you go through, you know. So, I mean, that's like that was one of the biggest tests for me. And that kind of prepared me for, for everything else that I've seen like so far since I've been at the pro level, like being scratched hasn't, I was scratched, uh, I forget how many games this year, but probably like 14 or 15, but it never bothered me because I always knew I was going to get another shot. So I just made sure like in those scratch skates or whatever, 
um, or whenever there was extra ice and stuff, I was always getting on and just better in my game. So when that time came, I was ready. And I noticed that like games that I didn't play, the next game that I was in, I had a pretty strong game. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. And honestly, man, like <clears throat> we have known each other for, uh, I think we met in college at EPS, but um, this is the first time like we've actually had like an in-depth conversation about um, your story and obviously more has developed over time, but just the fact that you're capable of kind of sticking with it and pushing through and like how many guys can say that they got scratched every one of their senior season games and then ended up playing pro hockey. Like there's a lot to be proud of. And like, I can't wait for people to hear this episode um, specifically just cause I mean, you look at college athletes, there's so many guys that get screwed over and scratched and just like, mind games played on them and like forces them to completely leave the game and yeah. I I mean I commend your effort to do it because it's not easy and the fact that you still keep getting better every day and making a difference is just it, I think it's fucking sick so good for I you think, and I think the biggest thing too just like in terms of like advice is you got to remember like why you started playing the game and what made you love the game. And that's how you kind of find Like I was kind of going down that road where it's like, all right, I'm done with this. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not playing right now. So I'm definitely not going to play at the next level. So it's whatever. But I just kind of remember like why I started playing, what, what made me love hockey. And then that's when I like, started going out to practices and just having fun. Like yeah. score, score goals. If I wasn't going to score a goal in a real game. So if I was scoring in practice, <laughs> I was celebrating, baby. <laughs> and I was just, at, I was, I wouldn't say I was acting like a child, but I had like that menta- that kid mentality of where I'm just out here having fun, man, with a couple of my best buddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And that's what you got to do. Like Flo said, I'm so fucking proud of you, man. Like, and pumped for you, the fact that you just stuck with it and you are here like playing the ECHL. Cause if you would have just given up, man, you're, who, who knows? Like, you're gonna this you're having your story is gonna help so many people who went through the exact same shit as you you know what i mean like that's yeah. that's fucking awesome that you did it man I'm, I'm so pumped for you and um yeah you have an unbelievable story so awesome. hell yeah hell yeah but um what <laughs> what do you think could be done um what more do you think could be done in regards to uh athletes and athletics in general and mental health uh, I think there just needs to be more of a focus on it. I feel like a lot of coaches, especially like older coaches who aren't really in touch with this generation, don't really understand it. And it's not their fault. Like, I mean, they didn't grow up in this generation, so they wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. But I think like just not just coaches, but everybody has to be more aware of like mental health and, and there has to be more access to it for players. You know, I, I, I think I mentioned this to you before, but like I didn't know about counseling and like therapy that that was on campus until like my junior year after I had surgery and that was because I had to go but I, if I didn't have to go I probably would have never known that there was counseling but I think I wouldn't say there there needs to be more awareness because people like are aware of depression and anxiety it's not a it's not a secret so I think 
I think the biggest thing is just making it seem like a norm where it's like, okay, you got lift, you got skate, and then you got to go talk to the, to the team psychiatrist. Like, even if you don't have a problem, it's just checking in, just saying what's up to somebody to talk to, that kind of thing. So I think it just needs to be normalized and put into, into almost a routine. And if at least, at least be an option, like I'm not saying guys have to go talk to a sports psychologist, but I feel like every team should, especially in division one athletics. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's huge. Yeah. Having somebody to talk to. All right. Flo, go ahead. <clears throat> no, I just like, obviously we hear different ideas and suggestions and guys' opinions, but I kind of like that one about, you saying just go check in like even if you don't got some shit going on like you Mm -hmm. just stop by be like hey i'm good because you have like i loved college because i was in a routine and when i have downtime i just get myself in trouble well i used to um (laughs) but um no but like i think what you said like really hit me and I never thought about it. It's so simple, but if I had kind of the repetitive focus on just telling someone, no, I'm good or no, like I got some shit going on. Like, even if it's not every day, you just have a bad day. You're like fucking bombed an exam or bombed a paper. Like you have the option. And if I, it forces you to address it right away and take, 15, 20 minutes of a shit day to just let it out rather than Holding going it. back to your your room or apartment or whatever and just shut your door and being by yourself. And I just, yeah. no, I really like that idea. And it's so easy too. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's nice because it gives that sense of like, all right, they really care about me and they, mm-hmm. they want yeah, me to for sure. Succeed. But I feel like people fall into traps by putting it off or not knowing what to do. Or like you said, you didn't go to counseling, but if it's part of the routine, take it's like study hall. Like it's part of your routine. You want to do it, but yeah, it does. Fucking helps. Mm. A lot. No, I think that's a sick idea. Yeah, that is. It's a very good idea. Um, now, what do you have to say to anybody who is, who's young and deals with this sort of stuff, anxiety, depression, at a young age, someone who deals with that, um, or even a, a current college or professional athlete who has to juggle that? What do you have to say who's currently in a battle with mental health or, um, you know, just will struggle or has struggled? To speak up, you know, you're not the only one. And – I think that was that was my problem. I felt like I was the only one, and it's it's definitely uh, I wouldn't say awkward, but like a tough subject to just bring up to people. But you know, if you have that person that you feel like you can trust, or just anybody that you feel like you can trust, talk to them, because holding it in is just gonna it's just gonna uh, weigh you down. Like I remember, I forget where I read this, but it was it was like a psychology uh, psychology study, and they were holding um they were holding a half glass of water. And just to make it like short, long story short, like the longer you hold it, the heavier it got, you know? But it was, it was still the same weight the whole time. So the longer you keep that inside you, the heavier it's gonna get and the harder it's gonna be for you to get out. And I mean, 
it can it can be pretty pretty serious if you get down deep enough. So I mean, my biggest advice is just to speak up because it doesn't make you weak, and it, you're not the only one going through it. So you don't you shouldn't feel like that. That's a sick analogy. And that makes Thank a lot. Thank by you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, though. But it's I've true. never heard that. It, it yeah. makes sense, though, no, Flo, doesn't it? It does. Like I thought, I, I honestly thought you were gonna hit us with like the glass half full. And be like, yeah, I was like, come <laughs> on, <laughs> really? Ah, boy. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I got a year no. of grad school under my belt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know, but. <laughs> And then you came out of nowhere with that, and I'm like, I've never heard it, but it also makes perfect sense because something so little that you just sit on mm-hmm. for time and time and time again ends up being that's like the where the snowball effect starts and just other little things building up because you're so inclined to just kind of push it off thinking that it's not bothering you but yeah all that little shit happening over and over again is at the end of the day going to be the reason for a bigger trap in a darker place speaking from experience yeah yeah without a doubt but i don't know flo you got anything else malx anything else you want to add um I would say one of the things that has helped me that I found really helpful because um, like at the start of this year, um, I was having like really bad panic attacks, like on my way to the rink, on my way home from the rink. Just anytime I thought about something in the future or the near future, I would have a panic attack, like stomach drops, sweaty palms, just couldn't eat, felt nauseous. And I started doing, uh, listening to this brainwave music on YouTube just to kind of elevate, it helps elevate your frequency and like the positivity in your life. And probably within like two weeks, I noticed a difference. I stopped having those panic attacks. I started having more of a positive outlook on everything. And just like, even in a bad situation, I was just focused on what, what good I could take from it. So if you feel, if you feel like you're really struggling with something, I, I think you should take a meditation, listening to brainwave music, and it helps you elevate your, uh, what is it? What's the word I'm looking for? Serotonin levels? No, I don't, I don't even know what that is. It's <laughs> um, the positive chemical that gets released in your brain, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, yeah, it's it's a chemical like balance, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Then uh, it might do that too. <laughs> uh, um, you couldn't tell we're not medical professionals for those of I don't know. Hey, you could be like, thinking of like endorphins. Yeah, it elevates your um, your vibrations. So you give out positive vibrations. So like you're just always giving off positive energy, and you're somebody that uh, that other people want to be around. And like I said, that's that's where I kind of got the the selfishness from my mental health of just cutting off those negative vibrations and those bad vibes and keeping that away from my energy. That's great. Yeah, I mean. Last thing I can say is just that, I mean, your story and journey through a shit storm in the hockey world and coming out on top in the way you have, it's, I mean, 
it's unbelievable and it's such an awesome story and people should honestly just kind of take a page out of your book because not a lot of people can do what you've done and it's it's impressive and you know I have nothing but respect for you and even more so now just hearing that I mean you've come so far that it's just awesome to see because you know we're we're close friends and whatnot but just in general you've come so far so I say just stick with it I appreciate that bro keep thugging as you said hell yeah (laughs) hey man you gotta thug it out you know you're not gonna have a great day every day so yeah thanks bro I appreciate you coming on here Um, appreciate y'all boys for having me of course but uh yeah thanks again thanks again for being vulnerable and opening up and yeah your story's gonna change lives and hopefully save lives too so Thanks again. Uh, so appreciate that, boys.